good Thursday evening. Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Rundown, presented to you by the Sideline Junkies and sponsored by Anchor FM. You got the man, the myth, the legend, the boss, BJ. Yo, yo. And on the other side of the table, you have myself, the big guy, KG. And we're here to bring it to you live, unfiltered, raw, and uncut DC sports. So, Where do we start? I think the most fitting place to start, uh, Washington Wizards. John Wall says he's, what, 110% healthy? He does. Man, yet, he's still not going to go down to Orlando and play. So, and usually things like this wouldn't bother me because players are always going to reassure the team and the fans that they're rehabbing correctly, the leg feels great, you know, all of the above. But when I hear John say he's 110% and still not coming to Orlando, then you're not 110%. That's 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 the bottom line because if you're 110 percent, come down to Orlando. Now, this Washington Wizards team, which is an NBA waste on him, and I say that with a heavy heart because this is my favorite 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 team, favorite basketball team. So, just know where that's coming from when I say it. So, if you're 110 percent, I mean, this is a they're basically in the playoffs. They got invited to this whole, you know, restart, being a ninth seed. If they can get four games within, I don't even know who the eighth seed is, they would do a one-game playoff with the eighth seed. So, you know, John coming back would bring even more firepower to the Wizards, you know, which they're lacking. They're lacking that explosiveness. So, um, I'm just tired of hearing Bradley Bill and John Wall talk about, you know, how they're the best backcourt in the league, how um, nobody wants to see them, this, that, and the other. And they haven't won shit. They haven't even been to an East Finals. So when I hear John say I'm 110%, if he's, you know, he's still rehabbing it, I guess, you know, didn't just say I'm 110%, you know, it's healed. I just don't feel comfortable. That's, I need more. Because don't tell us you're 110% you're still not playing. With forty million dollars, okay, this is what separates, you know, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe Bryant's, the LeBron James, that dog. That's what that's what separates these guys, because, like I said, the, the DC's, you know, for basketball is a, is a wasteland. Nobody wants to come here. Um, I I heard, you know, he's John Wall trying to, you know. Recruit Demarcus Cousins again. Um, it, it, what you could do, if you're 110, percent you could come back and play. And let's just say they do make the AFC and got to face face the Bucks. All right. Do you know the ramifications around the league if the Wizards would beat the Bucks in the first round? Just think about that for a second, because I do. Or even take them six or seven games with Wall back or the new dynamic back, you know. Um, 
I just think that it's, it's, it's as a Wizards fan, I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm speaking as, you know, BJ from the sideline junkies, his Wizards opinion. It's just frustrating to see that window, that little bit of window Bill and Wall had. You know, just finally, it was, it, it already passed. Don't get me wrong. It passed a long time ago. Okay. But just to see when opportunities present themselves and, you know, trying to make something of it. This team just seems to fail that over and over again. So, just disappointed uh, that John wouldn't be playing in the restart. Um, you know, I, definitely I don't want him to get hurt or, you know, if he's not comfortable, then I guess it is what it is. But I'm just tired of the talk. I'm tired of the talk. I'm tired of the Wizards being in the wasteland. Uh, I think the new GM, Tommy Shepard, you know, cleaning up the tenure that was Ernie Gronfield. I think he's done a hell of a job trying to rebuild his team from scratch because, like I've said on this podcast over and over again, this is what you have to do to this team. You have to do like Golden State do and build your own team. They're nucleus. They drafted. Think about that. Steph, Clay, Draymond Green. They drafted them. Added pieces here and there. That's how you do it. When you're a wasteland, that's how you have to rebuild. It's no different across the board. It's football teams people don't want to go to. Hockey, you know, you're a wasteland, you're a wasteland. You have to restart it and and rebuild. I mean, to an extent, Washington touched wasteland. The Redskins, they touched wasteland for a minute. It's just it's what it is. It's sports. But can you hire and rebuild? And I think they, you know, not nothing. I know that they hired the right person to Tommy Shepard to rebuild it. I just, I need to see results. And right now it's an opportunity for them to come through and make some noise. So disappointing. Um, please, I don't want to hear, you know, Bradley build this, Bradley build that. Just think about this for a second. When you think of, when you, if you're one of these people that say is Bradley Bill is a, you know, superstar in his league, which is, a word that's thrown around way too greatly. Just think about this. The teams that want Bradley Bill want him to come to the team and be second or third fifth. No team that wants Bradley Bill wants him to come to be the number one. Just think about that, okay? I just want to give you something to think about when you think about when you call these different players superstars. I don't think Bradley Bill is a superstar. I think he's a star. I don't think Paul George is a superstar. I think he's a star. So just something to keep in perspective. That's it for my Wizards rant. Uh, KG, you got anything to add to that? Well, I'm going to agree with you. Bradley Bill is not a superstar. He's a star. Uh, I've heard Wizards fans, several of them, one notably a friend of the show, Keith, call him the best two guard in the league, and I swear he is not. Uh, he's good, but you got the green light, and you still can't. You got a team with t- a little bit of talent. You have uh, Maurice Wagner, who I believe is not coming back next year. Um, you also have uh, Hachimura, who is a budding star, probably on a superstar path. Ah, um, don't don't put 
he throwing that superstar out there too. Like, don't throw. He 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 got potential. He got but potential. But he's young. He's young. I think once you get him a coach that's going to nurture him, I don't think Scott Brooks can nurture him. Scott Brooks would need help to nurture him. That's a whole nother show. <laughs> that's a whole nother DC Sports Now Washington Wizards edition uh, live from Capital One Arena. Hey, you can always uh, call Pat Ewing and say, hey, let him come down there and run a few practices with Georgetown and you two to him. Uh, I mean, we, it might be against league standards, but yeah, I mean. We, we know that's not going to happen. I, you know, I think that, um, I mean, since you said his name, I think that that is part of the, the, the growth stunt of the Wizards is a head coach. You know, I think I think Scott Brooks is a hell of a guy, but I don't think he's the right coach for this team. Agreed. So, you know, probably another team that's already put together that needs, you know, probably like a somebody just to manage your superstars because that's what he did in OKC. Um, I mean, anybody can coach a Russ, Harden, and Westbrook on the floor. But this team is in a rebuild, you know, and you get glimpses on the sideline that Bradley Bill, your your superstar for the Wizards, he's a superstar for the Wizards. He's inside the superstar for the league. That the the respect channel isn't always there, hundred percent. So um, that's all I'm gonna say. But you, you know something, and I'm gonna say this, and then I'm gonna leave it alone. It's one of those things that's so DC and not in a good way. I mean, it, it, this is, you have things that are so DC that are great. Uh, half smokes, mumbo sauce, go go music are so DC. And, you know, New Balance. Oh, oh, you'll see the light one day. Uh, New Balance, you know are so D.C. Those are good things that are so D.C. because Tim's and Shorts is so D.C. But those are good things that are so D.C. But the bad things that are so D.C. is that with our sports teams, mediocre to above average players are considered superstars here and they're treated like legends. They're treated like gods and they never won. Uh, no, not no, only- we, talk, we talk about that all the time. With the uh, some of the players that you know, Joe Gibbs 2.0, Shanahan boys, and uh, you know we talk about that. You know, it's just like like I can see if you were dominant going to NFC Championship games, or in the Wizards' case, you were dominant dominating the East. But like, and don't get me wrong, you can appreciate greatness at the bottom. Bradley Bill still has a high ceiling. You know what I'm saying? I think he's gotten more, a little bit more comfortable being the Ferrari, having a green light, because he, he went on the chair, you know, maybe he listened to the show or something. He went on the chair for a little bit, and I think I want to say he was third or fourth in the league in scoring average. So, and, and you know, everybody like, you know, hey, that's great. I'm like, you can do better. I, I, I'm Kobe Bryant. You can do better. How much more can you get? Because you have a team that goes through you. So, I told you when we made our business bet at the beginning of the season and everything, I told you that 
hey, I want to see 35 a game. It's no reason. If Harden is doing it down there with Westbrook. So how are you not scoring 35 a game up here and you're the sole star on the team, basically? Um, so we need to move on, but, KG. This is... Well, it's depressing. <laughs> but he has he has uh came close to your uh thirty five a game. This season I, I believe he was at what, thirty what's his nineteen twenty? Oh man, of course they don't have it. But I think he, he was in the thirties. I think he was at thirty two or thirty three a game for a little while. But his average overall for the season is over thirty thirty points a game. So he's he's there, but he's gotta be more consistent, so but moving right along, uh, staying, of course, D.C., your World Series champs, your Washington Nationals, um, may not get a chance to defend that World Series crown this year. Uh, as, a, as a Nationals fan, and... Before the Nets came to D.C., I remember we used to go back and forth. And me being a Yankee fan, you were a Red Sox fan because you hated the Yankees so much. Mm -hmm. But now you have a team in your own backyard. Now, to have that team in your backyard, y'all, win a title the way you did. Epic, just an epic run period, but now you don't have the chance to defend it as a fan, how does that make you feel? Well, I think that how do I say it? I think that it's going to come some type of way. Um, when it's going to come, how it's going to come, I think that that's all kind of like, I guess we'll see. You know, kind of like you know, how it's going to happen. Because, you know, the, the NBA is doing what they, they're doing. So, I don't I don't completely rule, rule it out. I just think it's going to take some time. I don't think it's going to be, you know, right away. And, you know, you've got some of your, your nucleus coming back. Um, you know, of course, they had to take care of uh, Strasburg. Um. They'll, they'll get that chance. They'll, they'll get that chance. Um, you know, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm going to say this. I think this layoff, this long of a layoff, is better for Strasburg, Scherzer, because those oh, guys, yeah. you know, they're aces. Yeah, but, you know, Strasburg, right. So that layoff, and imagine if they only have to play, if they do play, let's say half the season what's that 81 games mm-hmm. they if they actually play half a season so Strasburg and Scherzer will probably get a total of 20 starts and then they let's say they they blow through that and you know they go 69 and 13 because you know they're just dominant because their aces are just so good they're one and two punch so good and then they blow in the playoffs and then next thing you know 
Scherzer and, and, and Strasburg are able to go seven every game because they they firing all all cylinders. I see a repeat. See, you still don't want them to go seven every game. You wouldn't want them. No, nah, nah, I mean, no, 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 because you you still you still got to give them some rest. You know what I'm saying? You can't can't you still can't you know wear them down. You know, um, so. Like I said, they took care of Strasburg. They lost Anthony Rendon. Um, I cannot remember why I can't remember. I can't remember the uh, the other guy that was making the uh, the hits. I know it was Juan Soto. That's their, you know, he you got him. That's your that's your ace. You know, um, what's his name? I can't remember his name. He was he was he was with Rendon hitting timely hit after timely hit and I cannot I just can't remember his name. Ah, uh, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. But Kendrick, I'm Kendrick, 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 Kendrick. Yes, Kendrick, Howie Kendrick. So, you know, they get that change. Everything is up in the air right now. You know. They're talking about the NBA too. It's just like, yeah, you restarted, but what if LeBron James catches Corona and then the Lakers get put out, or Kawhi? Or, you know, nobody wants that. But it's just like, I think everything going forward. You see how Texas and Florida got a tap dance backwards now after opening up too quick. So they'll get their chance. Whenever the season starts, I think I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Max Scherzer. Strasburg, the whole pitching staff, the older guys, you know, they're going to get a rest. So, you know, instead of having a 182-game season, maybe you have 100, 112. You know, and you'll be rested. You'll have your aces. You know, you can kind of see how your new pieces get together, enough time to jail and make it make it run because nobody – Nobody last season had the Nationals doing what they did. So anything's possible. And I think they got the mojo. I think they know that. So they're the champs until they're dethroned. Everybody remember that. Until they're dethroned, until they get a chance to defend, they're the champs. Man, that that's exactly what I wanted to hear from you. That's the... F- the first thing that came to my mind was when he says that, that's what I want to hear. They're going to be the champs. I don't want to hear none of that asterisk bull. They're the champs until they're dethroned. I agree. Indeed. So, indeed. We're going to go ahead and take our break for the night, pay a couple bills, come back, and we're going to talk burgundy and gold the Washington uh, Redskins, the Skins, or whatever you want to call them at this present point, and uh, the sadness that we dealt with this week as a Skins family, and then also the turmoil that is brewing about the name. So stay tuned. We'll be right, right back. 
And just like that, we are back. Before we jump into some burgundy and gold, BJ pulled up a interesting piece of uh <laughs> facts that we need to jump into football related. So BJ, the floor is yours. Take it away. So it's just I just want to touch on Cam Newton real quick. You know, signed with the Patriots, something that uh, the sideline junkies called back with April KG. I think it was April that that should okay. happen. Yeah, that should happen. It made sense um, from a fan's perspective. You know, a Buffalo Bills fan, it kind of worries me because I know what Cam is capable of. So, with that being said, Cam is only getting five hundred and fifty thousand dollars guaranteed this year, and this is a former NFL MVP. Um, Ryan Tannehill. Um, went to the Titans and got a boatload of money. But I just want to read to you the QBs that are getting more guaranteed money than Cam Newton. Matt Barker, backup for the Bills, 600000 Jared Stedham, um, backup for the Patriots, 634000 So already a QB on the roster that more than likely know Cam's going to start it. He's already making less. Okay? C.J. Beathard for the 49ers, $706,000. Matt Schwab for the Falcons, $750K. Ryan Finley for the Bengals, $790K. Will Greer for the Panthers, $822K. Brett Huntley, $888K. Mason Rudolph, $932K. Robert Griffin III, right hand ball, $2 million. Okay? Um, for, you don't think this is a joke that is disrespectful? And we all know if Cam Newton's skin color was as, uh, of the white variety, that he would have got a truckload of money. And now, you know, the Patriots got a deal. You know, nobody has signed Cam. Um, and it's, it's the same thing with Kaepernick. It's just like you're not going to tell me that some of these, you know, start QBs that you have sitting are better than what you have out here as far as Cam. Shit, Jameis Winston had to go sign a backup deal. When the Dolphins released Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans signed him, they couldn't wait to put him. And it's just like the black athletes are not afforded the same privilege. Lamar is the exception. Lamar Jackson here in Baltimore. He's the exception because he actually has a coach that is willing to tailor an offense to his shoes, which everybody does for their quarterbacks. It's done for Tom Brady. It's done for Garoppolo. It's done for Drew Brees. It's done for Josh Allen at Buffalo. It's done for Sam Darnold. It's done for Baker Mayfield. It's done for Kirk Cousins. So just very, very, it's like a blatant slap in the face. And I just wanted to bring that to the attention because Kevin is about to go in on the Redskins. And this is going to be a minute. And I'm not going to be talking for a while. So I just want to put that out there. And I think it's shameful and disrespectful that NFL MVP is is <laughs> paid and treated like the way he is. 
I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, when we talked about it off season about where Cam should land, we looked over every team in the NFL who was paying what quarterback, what money. Did we see Cam lasting on the free agent market till July? Hell no. No, not even a thought. Uh, 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 it it wasn't. It, we knew Cam was going to be snatched up immediately. To be honest, but it didn't happen that way. So, I, I get it. But I agree with everything you said, B. And that's exactly how we have to look at it. You, you can say, oh, why you got to bring race into it? But you have to look at it. Look at how every quarterback of color is treated and has been treated. You know, any other position, no, yeah, it's cool. You know, you're good. You're on par. But when it comes to that quarterback position, certain things that certain announcers have said in the past, it seems to carry over here in 2020. So just wanted to say that too. But, uh, Moving on to my favorite team, the beloved Washington Redskins, five-time world champions. Uh, we 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 lost a legend this week on the twenty-eighth. Um, Boss Hogue, the architect of the Hogs' offensive line, uh, Coach Bugs, as he was known, Joe Bugle passed away on the twenty-eighth. Um, Very, very shocking. Uh, 80 years old. You know, just he's been enjoying retirement for what last 10 years or so. Uh, when Shanahan took over, the first thing Shanahan did was go down to Coach Bugue's office and ask him, "Do you sure you want to leave? Because I really could use you here." And he said, "No, nah, I think I'm done." Said they say Shanahan left, came back, and said, "Do you sure you don't want to stay?" And he said he was going. He said he asked him three times to stay, but he said he was he was pretty much done. Uh, and for those of you that are too young to remember the Hogs, you had Joe Jacoby, Mark May, Jeff Bostic, George Stark, and Hall of Famer Russ Grimm. Not only that. But you had to include the tight ends, Clint Didier, Don Warren, and our main man, Mr. Richard Doc Walker, are all hogs. And we've said it for years. Uh, Coach Bugs, the hogs, all should be in the Hall of Fame for what they did. I mean... Just a uh, 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 under Bugle scored 541 points, in, 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 which was a record at the time, and stood until what 98. So that was in 83. Had four 1,000 yard rushes. Jay Strader threw for 4,000 yards. Nine 1,000 yard receivers. While Bugle was on the team. Three Super Bowl appearances, six conference championships, and 24 playoff games. Two Super Bowl wins. But it didn't It didn't really start there. Even with 
the Oilers, which was his first NFL job, they upset the San Diego Chargers in 79 without Earl Campbell. And Bukes had uh, all-pro tackle Leon Gray. And they used running back by committee. Rob Carpenter, Ronnie Coleman, Guilford Nielsen, and Booby Clark made him look like heroes behind that line. One thing he knew was offensive line play. And with Callahan being here, that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of Bukes. And then, you know, not only did he have the Hogs, but when Gibbs 2.0 came in, he had the Dirtbags, Chris Samuel, who turned into a pro bowler under Bukes. Uh, you had Jansen. I wish he would have got a hold of Trey Johnson because maybe he could have stayed healthy because he was one of the best pulling guards I've ever seen. It, it was just his coaching style fit. And that counter trade wouldn't have been so devastating in the 80s and the early 90s without Joe Bugle. So rest in peace to a legend. Uh, I believe in giving flowers while they're still here to smell them. But, uh, Maybe, just maybe, he'll be inducted into the Hall of Fame, rightfully so, uh, next summer. He should be. He should be. He should be one of the best offensive linemen coaches to ever do it. Coaches, period. Um, like I said, all your, all the accolades you just named. And, you know, that 98 record that was broken was by that high-flying, high-powered Vikings offense, I believe, wasn't it? Yes, sir. So, if you watch Randy Moss and Chris Carter and and them boys tear it up, that's just think of how long that record stand and how powerful that offense was. And you you could understand what Joe Gibbs and Bugle and all those boys did. So, yeah, man, definitely you know lost a lost a hey junior, you know uh. uh all-time Redskins. Most definitely. And sticking with the Redskins, the turmoil that I spoke of earlier, uh, FedEx has come out and, you know, it was said that FedEx, Pepsi, uh, Nike, and a few other share uh, shareholders, well, their shareholders equal up to $620 billion. And they have uh, sponsorship deals with the Redskins. They've come out to say that the Redskins need to change the name or they'll be pulling their sponsorships. Now, the chairman of FedEx is a minority owner of said Washington Redskins. And he's come out and said that the name needs to be changed. Um, Nike has pulled all Redskins gear off their website. So a few weeks ago, I talked about it and, um, you know, just to the fan base about, uh, you know, saying that the name was cursed and we need to change the name and things like that. And I totally disagreed with that. Now, this name debate is nothing new, especially if you live in D.C., you live anywhere, D.C., Maryland, Virginia, you're a Redskins fan, you know that this name debate 
it's nothing new. To be quite honest, this goes back to 1968 when they called for the name to be changed. Okay? Uh, some deal was struck. The name stayed. Funny, when George Allen, well, when Vince Lombardi came, nobody was concerned about the name because, you know, 7-5-1 and one wasn't great. But, uh, I'm sorry, 7-5-2 and two wasn't great in 69 under the long season under Lombardi, but it was the first winning season in a long time. Then from there, you bring in George Allen, and, you know, his motto was, the future is today. And you become, you go from doormat to, okay, to a force to be reckoned with in the NFL. You go to the Super Bowl, you go to a couple NFC Championship games and things like that. But then when the 80s kick in and Gibbs comes, I think the Redskins missed the playoffs maybe twice the whole 80s. My math may be wrong. I know they missed it in 81 because they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. 82, they won a championship. 83, they went back to the title. They went back to the Super Bowl. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, 84, I think they showed up in the playoffs. I know they did in 86. Uh, 87, they won a championship. 88 and 89. So it was about three or four years they missed the playoffs in the 80s. Nobody was calling for a name change when they were dominating the 80s and winning three out of four Super Bowls. I'm sorry, two out of three Super Bowls in the 80s. Let's move into the early 90s when they went in 91. 90, yeah, somebody was calling. They they were protesting then. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 91 comes, and what's considered the greatest team ever assembled, there was no superstar on that team. That was a team effort to win a Super Bowl in 91. Nobody was calling for it. None of that talk of changing the name happened. Now, once the losing ways started from 93 to 98, you win a division title in 99. Uh, 2000 to uh, 2005, no playoff run. And then, you know, you get a playoff run in 05, you miss it in 06. Under Gibbs 2.0, you get in the 07 following uh, the untimely death of Sean Taylor. Nobody's talking about it. And then it starts, once the losing starts, that's when the, the talk, losing starts in election years. That's when the talk of changing the name. Now we're in this climate where, you know, now you're taking down Confederate statues, which should have been done years ago. Um, You're talking about the, 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 the Confederate flag and things like that. Uh, now everybody wants to take FedEx name off the stadium and, and call it Black Lives Matter Stadium. My thing is, and, and, and hear me out on this, I might ruffle a few feathers with this, but calling a stadium Black Lives Matter Stadium and we're still going through the same things that started the Black Lives Movement um, and the Black Lives Matter movement it makes no sense. If you call a stadium Black Lives Matter Stadium on Black Lives Matter way, but black men, women, and children 
are still being killed, stalked, and harassed by not only police officers, but white people, Hispanic people that feel that they're threatened, they're unarmed, and they're being killed. I'm not understanding what does it mean. Now, now you want to go into changing the name of the Redskins. If you're going to change the name of the Redskins, change the name of the Chiefs. Change the name of the Cleveland Indians. Okay? Every Native American name that's used for any team in professional sports needs to be changed, not just the Redskins. That's just my opinion. If you're going to change one, change them all. Because if one's offensive, all of them offensive. And, I, you know, man, you, you talked about it ever since, you know, all the news that's broke today. And, you know, you're hearing FedEx and Nike and all these different platforms pulling, you know, different stuff. That's Junior. But where was this when, when FedEx signed their deal? Nobody thought that the name was bad then. When Nike was selling Redskins jerseys out the wazoo and making all their money, nobody said anything about the name then. I feel like, and I feel kind of offended. This is like, like you said, everything, the Confederate statues are coming down. I feel like that the, the sole group that, that does this, that's responsible for, you know, the leading the charge for the Redskins to change their name. Feel like right now with the Black Lives Matter movement and people changing Confederate schools, the names, bringing out statues, which I don't care about at all. It's still not getting to the point of um, what needs to be done in this country. So that's a whole other show. You can sing, lift every voice and sing before every game, you can take down um, Confederate statues. Hell, I don't care if you paint Robert E. Lee's name across 495. None of that shit matters. So, in a way, and we just finished talking about Cam Newton, a black quarterback, being underpaid going into New England. Now we're talking about an exploitation of another with the Black Lives Matter movement and trying to get this name changed to other Redskins. So, to FedEx and Pepsi, I mean, we went to a game. Did we go to a game last year? Year before. Nah, I, year before. I went by myself last year. All okay. y'all had to work. You know, y'all wanted to be adults. And I was like, come on, y'all call out. But y'all wanted took, to be adults and stuff. I took the girls last year to a Redskins game. And I remember having a Pepsi, looking at the FedEx field sign, light it up. So just recently, we're not talking about we're not talking about that FedEx signed the name and they were the um, the Chicawas. They've been the Redskins for a long time. So now all of a sudden, the name isn't good enough. Now, it, it, you know that's that's the hypocrisy of it. It's just like if it was so bad, then why did you sign the contract? Because, like you said, this hasn't been, this isn't a new fight. This fight has been ongoing for a long time. So it's just, it's just, it's funny. You know, something. it's funny. It's, it's just, 
people need to find something to do. Now, I'm gonna say this. Now they've been the, they've been the Redskins. They were the Boston Redskins. They started out as the Boston Braves in 1932. In 33, they changed to the Boston Redskins. Uh, from 33 to 36, Washington Redskins. From 37 until now. Now, a lot of people will say, well, George Preston Marshall was a racist. That's why he named the team a racist name. But the thing is, as a big of a racist as he is, and they removed his statue out front of RFK just last week. And to be honest, BJ, you remember this. When we went to RFK Stadium, what was that, last spring? Yes, I was that, so. that was last summer. But either uh, way, we went to RFK Stadium. Mm-hmm. And we took pictures. And one of the first that we walked around that whole part of the stadium and we took pictures of everything when they said that, they, you know, they were going to start tearing it down soon. We talked about uh, the things that were going to be removed. And one thing you said off break, they got to take this George Preston Marshall Memorial down. And I agreed with you. I said, yeah, everything that we know about him how big of a racist he was. Yeah, he shouldn't flaming, have him aboard. Flaming racist. Yeah, indeed. And that's one of the reasons why the Redskins were the last team to integrate. Now, minority owner Edward Bennett Williams, who took over the team after George Preston Marshall fell ill and eventually died, was nowhere like that. Now, one thing that the Redskins as an organization have always said is that their name is to honor Native Americans. And they've done polls and 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 everything. They've done everything they possibly can. They've had working relate they still have working relationships with Native American tribes in the area and across the country. And they ask them straight up, is this name offensive? 10% say yes, but 90% say no. Say it's a name that has been used not only by the NFL. College teams used it for a little bit. They have high school teams around the country called the Redskins. A lot of them, uh, I think one or two of them are actually on Native American reservations. But a lot of college teams are named just that. I mean, a lot of high school teams. And I just, what was that? Last week we talked about it, and Muriel Bowser said the only way the Redskins could ever come back to D.C., they would have to change the name. Because they were talking about coming back to, uh, talking about coming back to uh, uh, the RFK site. Which is, you know, the, the demographic, in that area where RFK sits has totally changed in the last 25 years. So them going back to RFK and redeveloping it, putting a bigger stadium there, possibly a dome. I mean, you're right there by Metro. I mean, it's convenient. Parking wouldn't be a problem, but Metro would make a ton of money on game days because everybody would catch Metro. Because Stadium Armory is right there. I'm just saying. It, it really makes no sense to go any other way but to take take the Metro. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's right there. And it, you know, 
you drive if you want to. I mean, I don't, you know, I think all that parking that you see at RFK now, I think all that, you know, if they do end up moving back to the district, which I don't think is going to happen, but if they do for whatever reason, um, you're going to see all that parking disappear. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, the stadium slash probably some condos over there and whatever else they can put in there to make some money. The same way they did around FedEx Field. Look at how when they put FedEx Field in, remember, we're old enough to remember that that area around FedEx Field was woods. But when they said they were going to put FedEx Field there, next thing you know, you had a you had military housing over there and then you had the, 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 the townhomes and the condos and everything. Now they have even more homes and about to build more. They built a new metro station. That's a long ass walk from the stadium, but it's there. You know, the, 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 the Redskins brung in commerce to the area. They brung in jobs and they brung in uh, uh, housing because everybody wanted to live close to the stadium. But to, to, to bring it up now as, you know, changing this name, I, to me, everybody said, oh, the timing is right. No, why wasn't the timing right? 20 years ago. Why wasn't the timing right 30 years ago if that's the way everybody felt? Why wasn't the timing right in the 80s when the team was on top? And it seems like I mean, this is just my opinion. I'm not saying to me from what I've heard from Native Americans and to have, you know, a little bit of Native American blood running through my veins, and what I've talked to, nobody has a problem with it. Not a soul. But it's always it's it's always a political thing. So, and BJ, you said it earlier. And that's the NFL. One thing the NFL said that they're going to do, they're going to start playing the Black National Anthem, which is lift every voice and sing <laughs> before every game. And Man, I, was I read the comments. When I saw that. <laughs> I read the comments on e- on NFL on ESPN Facebook page and found people that said that they didn't even know there was a black national anthem. That was black, white, Hispanic. Didn't know it was an, a black national anthem. I said, wow. I've seen people say, well, why is there a black national anthem? There should be just one national anthem. And a white guy came in and said, you know why there's a black national anthem? Have you read the, all the lyrics to the original national anthem? Read yeah, all the and lyrics and then and tell me why there's not. Exactly. Exactly right. But I, I just, I can't understand for the life of me. Okay, you want to play, and somebody said, well, so what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to kneel for the black national anthem too? If you're offended by there being a black, well, why is there not a, a white national anthem? Why is there not a Hispanic national anthem? If you're offended by the black national anthem, which has been around longer than most of us have been alive. I don't know about everybody, but I learned it in school. My sons learned it in school. My daughters learned it in school. This was something that was talked about. So for those that don't know, pick up a book and read. It's not nothing to be offended about, but it was one gentleman, one gentleman 
that said, I don't care if they play the national anthem, the black national anthem. He said, hell, they could play photograph by Nickelback. Long as I got football back, I'm all for it. Let's do it. He made my day, but he came for Nickelback, and I wasn't too happy about that. So I had to let him know, hey, leave Nickelback out of this. I love that band. <laughs> but, but to be on a serious note, the NFL playing lift every voice to sing week, week one before uh, the kickoff. Honestly. Honestly. That's that's pandering. Okay, that's nice. That's a nice gesture and everything. Like when they had all the owners and the players come out and take a knee uh, last season. Everybody came out and took a knee. Except for good old Ray Lewis. He had to take both knees because I, I, I just wanted to get down and pray. <laughs> but everybody came out and took a knee and then it was, you know, hey, all right, shut up and go play ball. Even you got Jerry Jones out there to take a knee. The only reason why Jerry Jones came out to take a knee was a big fuck you to Donald Trump. That was it. That was the only reason why he did it. Because one millionaire shouldn't be able to tell another millionaire what to do. Right now, I mean, it's it's, it's a very touchy subject for everybody involved. But the thing is, it can be touchy. So, stepping on feelings right now, if you feel some type of way, we don't give a shit. (laughs) We really, truly don't. Because this is why things are like it is. Because people don't want to have these conversations and talk about different things. So, yeah, like if it makes you, if it bothers you that it's a black national anthem, if it bothers you that they're going to sing it in the NFL week one, which is something else I don't care about. But you know what? I, I got a, I got a great suggestion. Instead of, instead of singing the black national anthem to start off the game, instead of singing the national anthem to start off the game, because you know they just start, they really started televising that back in 2001 after September 11th to bring up patriotism. But instead of doing that, how about you arrest Breonna Taylor's killers? How about you arrest Elijah McClain's killers? That That's what you can do right there. How about you do that? Exactly. Yep, exactly. It's so much, all this tap dancing, it's just like you miss, still missing the point that that black families are still behind white families and wealth in this country and our ancestors built this country. And the second thing is even after George, George Floyd's death, we're still having black men and women killed left and right by police. You still see police using the chokeholds, the knee, the, the knee on the neck, the knee on the back. So spare me the, the Tearing down the Confederate statues and changing the school's name. That's all great. That's all great. But it's time for police reform. It's time for reparations. And the time is now. And I support the country that my ancestors built burning to the ground. Because that's the only way this country is going to listen. Is when you hit them in the pockets. This country doesn't care anything about anything else but economics. It's being proven right now with going through this whole COVID-19 pandemic. And we all know, anybody, well, I'm not going to say we all know. If 
you have any sense, you know it wasn't safe to come outside. Florida and Texas rushed to come outside, open everything up, and now look, look what's happening to them. If you think this coronavirus went away magically and these states are doing, oh, we're in phase three of our opening because they, they can't tell you why they're in phase three because they, they're hurting economically. People are asking for rent assistance. People are asking why uh, did we only get one $1,200 check? Rent's due every month. I wanted to put a Samuel L. Jackson on it, but I'll save that one. Rent's due every month. Groceries due every month. Kids, are, kids have been home in, in most states. They eat all day. And you sent one $1,200 check. Like, that was supposed to last all this time. And the, and the crazy thing is, the same corporations, the same billionaires, the same people that run this country, that tell people that make minimum wage, that's junior, y'all, that tell people that make minimum wage that they should have six months of savings saved up in their bank account just for an emergency. And these same companies have lasted, can't even last two months without income. A month ago, regular gas in the DC area was floating between a buck fifty and buck seventy. As soon as the phases reopened and they knew people were coming back outside, two nineteen. Like you greedy bastards couldn't even hold off and let people get outside, encourage the economy to, to move by keeping gas prices low. I don't want to hear the supply and demand bullshit. Because that's what it is. So, excuse us black people that are, are furious and tired because we've known our whole school life and our history we've been lied to over and over again about who founded this country, who built it. I didn't learn about Black Wall Street until maybe 10 years ago. I'm 39. I didn't learn about Philadelphia until about five years ago. And I'm like, this, this can't be. They couldn't have dropped a bomb on the neighborhood. This can't be. And you learn it's true. So, yeah. Yeah, I, we don't care how you feel at all. Junior doesn't either. That's why he ran around here yelling. Well, not only Philadelphia and everything else, nobody ever told us about uh, what's that Seneca Village, where Central Park is? How they they ran? It was just a, a, a just learned about slaves. that. Yep, right. That's not just something they told about us that. about. It, it, and it, it's it's just infuri- infuriating as you learn more. As you learn more, what was taken from us? You see that Jewish people, Holocaust survivors, you know, different uh, have been paid out. You see how much aid, quote unquote, aid this country sends to other countries. You know, it, it's ridiculous. But as soon as you mention reparations for black people, it's all oh, that's the, the answer is not a check. Okay. Cut me minds. Well, you wanna you wanna be technical about it. We were promised forty acres and a mule. So we were promised land. You can keep the check, give me the land. Because the land will be worth and, more than any amount of dollar that you give me. And they, and they probably be willing to give you the land because then they'll start doing stupid stuff and 
you know, uh, claiming eminent domain to build this and build that. We need to build here and build that. We're going to need all this land back and this, that, and the other. You know, I think if you do cut a check, which I think, you know, is the, the, the solution, I think that, you know, our people, our leaders, you know, the billionaires, our black billionaires and millionaires should have stuff set up where they teach about financial literacy, how to invest, what to do with your money. Because we already know it is what it is. People are going to go buy stupid stuff. That's anybody that gets any type of money. You're not used to having any type of wealth. So cut the bullshit. Think about this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Think about this. We've said it many times before. Many times before. And it, 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 it relates to this situation here now. Let's stop asking for a seat at the table when we are the damn table. We don't need a seat at anybody else's table. We are the damn table. It meant, sure. I meant it when we were talking about the NFL. I mean it now talking about the world and this yeah. country. We are the seat. We are the table. The, the table that they, they claim that we, we, we need to see that, it was built upon our ancestors' backs. So if we stand up, we can flip this mother you-know-what all the way over. So why beg for a, ta- a seat at the table that's not ours? Let's go make our own table. That's it and that's all. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Our dollars are so powerful. Um, if you're in the DMV area, if I say fish market, you should know where that. You you, you probably know where that is. It's it's, it's, a, it's a. I didn't know it was white owned. That's which is crazy. Uh, incident happened where a brother couldn't come in because he was wearing I can't breathe shirt. So now everybody's banding together like you're not getting another dollar. Go ahead and close this thing now and transfer the deed because you're not getting another dollar. People are already talking. Hey, once they close, who's willing to put in? money and open, you know, open our own right. This is what we need to do. Open our own stuff. Stop giving everybody else our money. And I don't want to hear about the customer service and black owned establishments, just that and other. When you go to establishments that follow you around the store, talk to you any type of way, don't even respect you. They know why they're there. They're there to get your money. So, yeah, I don't want to hear that. And I don't want to hear that, oh, this is a poor neighborhood. Because if it was a poor neighborhood, the Muslims, the Arabs, the Asians, they wouldn't move into the neighborhood and open up businesses if the neighborhood was so poor. Ting, ting. There you go. So, well, you, got, you got Asians, you got everybody in the hood. And they making a killing off of it. Making a killing. You go to the, you go to the hood... Carry outs every corner, liquor stores every corner. Damn, none of them owned by us. But 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 we're poor. We're welfare. We're we're lazy. So time to wrap this up. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. We're gonna wrap it up, but we wasn't considered lazy until we stopped working for free. You dig what I'm saying? That's we were considered lazy. That too. That too. But the the narrative is gonna change. It's, it's, It's time. So, indeed. So, hey man, that's it for us. Hey, that's it. 
that's DC Sports Rundown. Um, we covered a lot of stuff tonight, and we went from the topic of sports to climate control, heat check of the United States of America. So, with that being said, that's the false BJ. I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. And don't forget, arrest Breonna Taylor and Elijah McClain's killers ASAP. That's it. Hey, hey, it's the big guy KG coming to you one more again. This episode you just listened to was sponsored by Michael Family Dental. They're located at 9400 Livingston Road, Suite 110 in Fort Washington, Maryland. You got any dental needs? Please, please, please be sure to hit them up. They got my smile right, so I know they can get yours right too. Kind, courteous, gentle, and always on time. Tell them the big guy KG from the Sideline Junkie Century, all right? <laughs>